Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus today. Free market podcast coming at you on the 4th of September, day after Father's Day. Archie sent me up in an acrobatic aircraft. My dad was a fighter pilot, as you may know. I have watched Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick 6,000 times. I've spent the whole of my life on RAF bases, and still I can't go on a fairground ride without vomiting, let alone an acrobatic aeroplane. Thanks for that, Arch. Much appreciated. Mondays is a bit of an odd day for me. I do work Saturdays, so I don't work Mondays. But of course, Henry's away at the moment for three weeks or so. Well-deserved rest, so I am in the seat. Monday's a bit of a repeat of Saturday, of course. You could just read Saturday's Marcus weekend section. But as you probably saw, Wall Street up 116 points on the Dow Jones. NASDAQ unchanged. S&P 500 up 0.18% on Friday. And that came on the back of jobs numbers, where at the weekend I wrote them up as survived to thrive. They were good enough. Not sure the numbers were enough to confirm our best hopes or my best hopes, but they didn't kill them either. My best hopes, of course, are that we've seen the peak on interest rates and the recent vibe out of the US has been a lot of economic numbers have been coming in weaker than expected. And that has given us the impression that whilst there is still a 35% chance that the US is going to raise rates by the end of the year, that is down from 54% a week ago. So the trend is good. The idea is that the Fed are under less pressure. The more of these weak economic numbers come in, the Fed are under less pressure to be raising rates. And that, I believe, will be a catalyst for the market's recovery. We've certainly bought into that in the last week. And Friday has continued. Well, it hasn't really continued, but it hasn't killed the idea. So the jobs numbers on Friday saw unemployment, one of the newsletters, newsletters, news articles, newswires said US unemployment rate spikes to 3.8%, hardly a spike. I do feel the less experienced the journalists, the more dramatic their adjectives. Anyway, US unemployment spiked to 3.8%, the highest since February 2022. That will relax the Fed a little bit. Non-farm payrolls were expected to be around 170,000. So this is the number of jobs being put on. So a weak number is good for us or good for the interest rate vibe. So consensus was 170,000, but they in fact added more than that, which is not good, 187,000. But significantly, the July numbers were revised quite significantly lower down to 157,000. And that was seen as good. And no one seems to have cared too much that the actual jobs number was a little bit higher than expected. When you consider that the three-month average of jobs numbers in May or beginning of this year was 238,000 a month. So adding 238,000 jobs a month, they reckon that they add 100,000 jobs a month naturally from population growth. So 238,000 was the average in May, which was the economy being a bit too strong for the Fed. So Fed raising rates, that average is now down to 150,000 per month over the past three months. So the jobs market's slowing and that's one of the major data points for the Fed. And the other little cherry on top of the jobs numbers on Friday was the average hourly earnings were up 0.2% and up 4.3% year on year, which was the smallest rise since February 2022. And if average hourly, if earnings
earnings were going up 0.2% per month. That is exactly what the Fed wants to see in order to take the pressure off inflation. 0.2% is consistent with their 2% target on inflation. So jobs numbers on Friday, okay. Didn't exactly set the market alight, has to be said. Mind you, the market had had a very good week last week anyway, and they would have had to go some to really kick us up again. Last week, the NASDAQ was up 3.2%. The Dow Jones up 1.4%. S&P was up 2.5%. So we had a good week. Jobs numbers didn't kill it. Futures this morning are up 31. And having bought BHP Mineral Resources, Champion Iron and Fortescue in the last week, basically took a bet on iron ore in my ideas portfolio and the BHP only portfolio. After that, it is good to see that on Friday, BHP was up 1.34%. Rio was up 2.16%. Vale in Brazil had a good night. Doesn't say it in the overnight table today because it comes up with a zero, but Vale was up 5.9% on Friday. And some of the other resources doing okay. Freeport McMoran up 4%. So the resources fire still burns, glows at least. And, and I can't confirm this, but it says here the iron ore price is up 8%, which is in conflict with some other reports at the weekend that it's up 0.3%. And that's what the AFR is carrying this morning. Reuters is carrying 8%. Either way, iron ore price is up a bit. Oil price also up 2.4% on Friday. Gold price was flat. Tesla down 5% on Friday. Tesla is getting some grief for setting up a team of a thousand people to suppress customer complaints. They've also cut the price of Teslas in China. Slashed, says one presumably young journalist. So things looking okay for the start today. Wall Street is, of course, closed tonight. So that rather suits me. I have a investment group I'm going to see tomorrow morning. So tomorrow morning, there will, or tomorrow, there will not be a members podcast. I will be busy chatting to an investor group in Melbourne, but I'll do most of the strategy stuff in pre-market. But without Wall Street open, there won't be much to say, and there won't be much that has changed. And all the focus anyway this week is on the RBA. I mean, the media is banging on about the RBA. The AFR headline is, it's almost all about the RBA this week. Well, I can tell you the RBA are not going to be raising rates after the lower than expected CPI number last week. It is Philip Lowe's last final board meeting. And as the NAB says, expected to come and go without incident. It is imprudent, I think, for any central banker to start calling the top on interest rates. So won't do that. Philip Lowe will give a speech at the Annika Foundation on Thursday, but again, unlikely to make any rhetoric changes. Didn't mention bond yields. Bond yields in the US on Friday went up nine basis points after the jobs numbers. Not what we want to see. We want to see bond yields coming off, but it didn't seem to upset the equity market too much. Got a chart of the oil price in my section at the weekend. Oil price having a bit of a rally and energy sector, one of the few sectors showing a bit of life at the moment. We have bought the FANG ETF in my ideas portfolio at the moment. It was up 5% last week. Should be a tiny weeny little bit down today, judging from what the NASDAQ did, but holding in there and we're in the money. Other things coming up this week. We have quite a lot of ex-dividends coming up this week. Fortescue ex-dividend today, as is NIB Holdings or NHF and Bendigo and Adelaide Bank. And if you want to buy them ahead of going ex-dividend tomorrow, 
Pilbara Minerals, 4.3% yield on the dividend going X tomorrow. Quite a few other companies with not very significant dividends like Corporate Travel, Northern Star, but a few others with reasonable yields with dividends this week include the ASX, 2.8% yield, and that has performed terribly. I hold it in our Marcus Today long-term portfolios, and it's just been a dog of a stock. Every time I look at it, it looks cheap. I can't help thinking maybe the brokers have got it wrong and their forecasts are too high. Anyway, I'm still holding ASX, even though we're down savagely. It is, after all, not going to disappear, is it, the stock exchange? It is a stock market. Stock does need a healthy stock market, and it doesn't really have that at the moment. Our market's been going sideways. But if the stock market lifts, the ASX should look a little bit better, going ex-dividend this week. Perpetual also ex-dividend this week, 3.6% yield on the back of that. Super Retail, 4.9% yield. This includes franking, by the way. And the main one, of course, BHP, going ex-dividend on Thursday, 125 cents. WiseTech, also ex-dividend, 0.2%, hardly an income stock. And that's about that on the dividends for this week. RBA meeting on Tuesday, of course. Main economic releases this week, Australian second quarter GDP on Wednesday. We've got trade numbers from the US, Chinese and Australia. We've got US PMI numbers, another, another Chinese PMI number. Not a lot, basically, no major releases this week. And we've got a job ads number today, which does include an inflation gauge, which might be watched if it's weaker than expected. You can certainly expect the RBA to do nothing this week. Looking through the announcements first thing this morning, the results season ended last Thursday, and thankfully, we're getting a bit of a break. A couple of buyback updates, but that's about it on the announcements front this morning. So all set for a good start to the day. Hopefully, resources will be better, and my ideas portfolio will be looking fabulous. As I say, Wall Street closed tonight. Henry away for three weeks. I will, if I get time, carve into his smaller company's portfolio. Stop losses. Maybe I'll introduce those, Henry. That'll chop it about a little bit. Anyway, that's that. Sun's out in Melbourne. Futures are up. I'll be back with the members podcast later, though I'm not sure what it's going to say. Not much going on. You have a fabulous morning. Let's hope this peak rate narrative continues. 